just think it, I know it They hate you first and they in love with you This life can get hard but keep going One of me work like a bunch of you Look to the sky like, oh lord Believe in me, see I'm untouchable I'm gonna get where I'm going You ain't doing it if you comfortable If you just chilling, then how you progressing? We all facing problems, the problems are testing The pain hurt my chest burning like cigarettes But I'ma just fight it, I'm ready to get it Words that I use in my Hey, we want to welcome everybody back to another special episode of the Daily Dose of Discomfort. I'm right. I'm Joel. I'm Bob. And today, we have a very special guest on. We've got Joel's brother, Christian, straight from the United Arab Emirates here. How's it going, Ryan? How's it going, Christian? Great to have you on today. Uh, it's a very special Mother's Day, so we want to give a quick shout out to all the mothers out there, especially the ones listening to the show. We thank you for all that you do. So on that on that note, let's let's talk to Christian a little bit. You know, he just got back. How long you been back now? I've been back uh, two days. Woo! Yeah, after a uh, six month stint over in Saudi Arabia. Oh yeah, Saudi Arabia. I completely misnailed that country. Again, the failure of the American public school system. I don't know countries. That's... So tell us about it, man. How was your stay? Oh, I think we're having a little bit of mic difficulty over there. Unplug and plug in real quick, Joel. There we go. I think we're here now. If I had to sum it up in as few words as possible, I would say culture shock. Um, the flight over there, it took two days because of the eight-hour time difference. So I, uh, I flew over, and um, almost immediately I was sort of reminded that I was not, in fact, in America when they quickly ushered us into the work van and um, told us not to talk to anyone or, um, you know, uh, cause attraction to ourselves. Um, Americans are not the the biggest, uh, they're not the biggest fans of Americans, basically, over in Saudi Arabia. Imagine there's quite a few countries that aren't the biggest fans. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the things of note now they are dealing with the the coronavirus as we are. They have a different approach to it um, that involves less freedoms. So one of the things is there's an app called Takawana, and you have to have it on your phone at all times. The police can ask to see it, and it tracks your GPS location at all times and is uh, constantly recorded. So that's fun. Do they use that for like contact tracing or for some more nefarious purposes? So on on the, the application itself, you will have, it'll have your picture, it'll have your passport number, and then it'll also have um, how many times you've been infected with the coronavirus and if you are currently infected or if you're uh, clean from the virus. Yeah, that wouldn't fly here. So it's a little intense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that would not fly here. Well, and that's that's the thing I was 
I found it, it was almost amusing how it's just accepted here, you know, because you, the, the government, the police, they, they hand down these rules and regulations and laws and the, the general populace immediately accepts it because there is no protest. There is no fighting against the man. It simply is the law. The king sits in his palace. These guys make the laws and they are followed. And that's the end of the story, period. So in a restrictive format like that, I'm, I'm just curious, like, what did you get to do for fun? Anything? Or was it just mostly sitting on your bed, staring at a blank wall? Like, what what did you get to do that was entertainment while you were there? So they, uh, they have very, very few forms of entertainment. Um, they, well, they have, uh, they have cinema in, in some places. Um, they have, uh, the mall. They, they enjoy like commerce shopping, uh, tourism, not so much, uh, tourism within the, their own people. So all tourism visas are currently rejected from getting processed you know you're not allowed to just visit saudi arabia right now it has to be uh for work so my my forms of entertainment consisted mainly of when i had free time i would um i would go for runs actually through uh through the towns that we were staying in i would just sort of plot a path and then try and stem off complacency from affecting my um my workplace was there any um was there any times when you were running through some of the towns where you thought you know maybe this isn't the best idea to be running through this town or is that just like our perception as americans that like you know you're gonna have someone poke out behind a wall with an rpg and, and blast you is that just like you know too much movie culture i mean realistically i think there's places out here where i'm like i don't think i should be running here so i'm sure there's a few places out there so i had one incident where i was running and uh on a very sketchy looking van flicked on his lights uh, this was in the evening so the sun was going down and things were kind of getting dark and there isn't a lot of lights there so um this fan pulled around the back of this building and flicked his low lights on as I started, I was getting closer to the building and, um, and I, I always carry a knife on me. So my hand drifted towards my pocket, just not, I don't know what I'm going to do against, you know, a fully armed contingent of, of men, but at least I would be able to somewhat defend myself. He, uh, he pulled forward he waited for me to go past and then he slowly followed behind me and I thought for sure, all right, this is the moment that they are going to make the movie about me on or <laughs> they said, all right, this is where it started. And I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden he just took off. He just floored it, went around me and then just, just whipped around the corner. I maybe they were thinking about it or something along those lines, but 
he was just trying to get some tips on your stride and gait. You know, he was he felt like you were a better runner than him, so he was just taking some of what you were doing to implement in his daily life, maybe. Yeah. Uh, it probably was. And uh oh uh it wasn't as dangerous, but I got chased a couple times by a couple roving packs of wild dogs. I was gonna ask if that was a thing over there. Yeah, so people will they'll they'll have pets and when they no longer want the pet they'll abandon the dog or they'll abandon the cat and the dogs naturally form packs and so you have entire generations of wild animals just making their way across the desert hanging around towns looking for food um it's i suppose it would be their version of wolf packs that we have over here the the dogs were pretty friendly though i would go out of my way to feed them and play with them much to the the disdain of the locals that looked at me at disgust when i would play with the dogs or i would play with the cats because you know in, in america we have this this uh, perspective of oh it's a you know it's a it's a it's a dog or it's a puppy, or it's a kitten, or whatever it may be. You know, you want to you want to show that creature love and and pet it and whatever else. And over there, they view them as very unclean. So it's just one of the many things that I was sort of taken back at how different it was from our own culture. Speaking of culture, I. Is there anything, I guess, in your interactions with the people over there that would have been different from here, maybe the way that they interacted at dinner or whatnot that you you really enjoyed? Well, I'm glad you asked that, actually. So there there was a couple of dinners, actually, that I was fond of. So they, um, you, you sit down in, uh, in a circle around this giant tray of assorted foods and they share, they share all foods. That's a a huge thing. Yeah. They love being inclusive and it doesn't matter if they know you or not. There was one time I went to a a grocery store after work and let's see, it was a, it was a town near Harad and in the middle of the grocery store, you had all these strangers just sitting around eating food, and they they waved me over and they said, "Habibi," which is my friend. Habibi, sit down, eat eat food with us. And I said, "No, I'm good," <laughs> but I appreciate the invitation. As I mean, we we have similar things you know we have you know it's like family meal night where people or you know friends try to share meals together it's just they they take it to the next level on that it's like a charcuterie board right with all your meats and cheeses yeah yeah no it's and a, a lot of a lot of food over there is very traditional so they they have the set amount of from from my perspective 
there was a set amount of meals that they would generally cook, um, like shawarmas. It was uh, like a tortilla wrapped around a, t- a tortilla flatbread wrapped around just various like fries, uh, meat, spices. Um, they they love eggs over there, so eggs are in a lot of different meals, and not not a huge amount of variety until you get into major cities, where then that's when that's when you'll see the the variants where you know different cultures food you know from pakistan yemen things like that what about like uh personal space is there a difference in like america it's like six feet and if you're much closer well now it's six feet i guess but we naturally stand away from each other are they closer further like what's it i know sometimes in some cultures it's disrespectful to like be in somebody's face so so i was laughing off screen there because it's the opposite of what you would think so over there they celebrate male bonding and i mean that in every sense of the word so on site i would see men like on our work location and and off work location I would see men holding hands, uh, men kissing each other on the cheek, arms around each other's shoulders, uh, very intimate moments, which is very ironic because if you, if you take it too far, then the government gets involved over there. You know, they are not the biggest fans of uh, non-heterosexual activities. If you're gay or elsewise, they um, basically they just, you get removed mm-hmm. from what I understand. I asked locals about it. I said, well, what, what, what really happens? You know, are they just like dragging these people out into the street and stoning them or like what, what's going on? And they said, well, basically, if someone's found out, then they just get removed. And then they didn't comment any more on that. So, but other than that extreme, um, they they value a lot of touching uh, as sort of showing affection, which really surprised me. I thought they, they were going to be very distant and they weren't. What about the nightlife out there? I mean, is there is there some of that the music going on? Do they got some, I guess, clubs wouldn't be the right word, but, you know, something like that where people go dancing. I mean, what, what are they doing? So the nightlife that I saw, they, the, the, the cities become alive at night because it's so hot during the day that no one wants to really hang out downtown when it's, you know, 120 degrees. So they have food trucks, actually. They have food trucks um, in populated areas. And I don't know about the dance clubs, but uh, from what I saw, there's a, a very vibrant and healthy nightlife. So I got a question about these, these food trucks. 
you know, over here, we're real big into, oh, man, here's some Chinese food, here's some Mexican food, here's some of this, here's some of that. Were they over there like, here's some hamburgers and hot dogs, some French fries? That That's a big negative on a hot dog. <laughs> but the hamburger, absolutely. You can have beef hot dogs. Well, I guess. They had beef bacon. We call it bacon because it's fake bacon. Yeah. So... <laughs> It was uh, just basically very thin slices of fatty beef that was salted. Oh, so much sodium. They love salt so much over there. And they love burgers as well. Uh, And because there's McDonald's over there. There's McDonald's. There's Burger King. Um, I've seen some McDonald's in some foreign countries, and they... Typically, from the outside, they look, you know, like our McDonald's, but on the inside, menu's completely different. Was there like a mixture of that, or was it like full on? Here's your Big Mac, here's your quarter pounder with cheese. So a lot of items were similar, but there was there was some surprising things, such as the Big Mac. What had a variance of? So they love chicken over there, and they had a chicken Big Mac. Oh, whoa. Game changer. What? So what was it? The like breaded chicken, like what they get on the McChicken, or I don't even know how that would work. So picture a beef patty, right, on a Big Mac, and then just snap your fingers, and it's chicken now. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know that I would care for that. Everyone loved it. It. I mean seemed pretty good i didn't have it myself i i focus, i tried um a big mac and a double quarter pounder once and a mcdouble i actually tried ordering by accident a, a, a steak what was it steak egg and cheese bagel and i said can you put some uh put some bacon on that <laughs> not even just not even thinking about it. I was over there for a few months at this point, and just like, oh yeah, going through the drive-through at McDonald's in the morning. <laughs> Let me just throw some bacon on <laughs> that breakfast sandwich. And the the guy goes, uh, I don't think I can. <laughs> said, yeah, I bet you can't either. Man, whether whether or not you're you're in Saudi, that's a that's a heavy breakfast to ask for. <laughs> it's a righteous sandwich. He's working hard. Well, and that made me think about something else because I've, I've been interested about this with other cultures: portion sizes. I mean, do they eat smaller portion sizes than what we do as Americans? About the same, more? I mean, what does that look like? They are very cognitive of portion control. So I, if I had to say like obesity rate, you know, one out of like how many, how many out of 10 people would, that I see that would be obese? I'd say maybe one out of 10, maybe. It's ironic because they have, an obsession with dessert over there. They have entire restaurants devoted to 
um, like they, uh, hazelnut. They love Nutella. Oh my, oh my word. They love Nutella. They had, it was called, this one restaurant was called chocolate explosion. And it was just, a an entire restaurant full of chocolate fountains and various, various like chocolate desserts. Was Willy Wonka around? He, he would have had a field day, Ryan. You would have had a field day in Saudi Arabia. So, I mean, so what do you, I guess, attest to it, considering that their obesity rate is so low, but their love for sweets being so high? I mean, is that mostly in the portion control, just the idea that they don't eat a lot with each of those meals, and then they can add a little bit more in dessert? Or is it just that they work so hard that they're working off all these calories? Oh no, they are they are not they are not working so hard that they are burning the calories. It's very much portion portion control. So they're just they're just being very aware of how much food they're consuming. Is it three squares over there? You know, three meals a day? Do they break that up over over multiples? They I don't really I didn't see a lot of snacking. It was mainly stick to the meals. I mean, obviously there there is some snacking, you know, uh, and my perspective was limited to the very little I saw outside of the work location and the work location itself. But there was, I had a very American moment when I was at, at one of the malls, I sat down at this cafe and it was, oh, they, they just had every delicious thing you could imagine. And I just wanted to try it all. I, I said, all right, I want this tray of these little little itty-bitty miniature pancakes that had Nutella and caramel drizzled over them. And then there was uh, another, another dessert dish I also ordered where it was uh, like, a, like four waffles four uh four crispy waffles that had each had a different flavor um that was unique it, each each little waffle was its own little dessert and and to wash that all down i had a 16 ounce mug of red bull that they had on the it, they they had it on the the menu as like power bowl drink and it was just like a 16 ounce mug that was completely filled with Red Bull and it had a spritz of like strawberry juice on the very top. And after I got done ordering, the the waiter looks down at me with, and he's like, he's frowning. He said, Where are you from? <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm from by God America. And he goes, hmm, that makes sense. And he just walked away. Said, oh, Okay. <laughs> Now, that was all in relation to just how many of these dessert things that you ordered? Oh, yes. There, there was very much judgment over the amount of desserts I was consuming. It reminds me of when we all went to a city cafe together, and then we ordered like $10 worth of food, which uh, accounted for, what, two tables worth? Oh, yeah, they had to bring up the other table because there was so much food that the the booth we were at was... N- there was not enough room for all the plates. So they actually had to pull up another 
another table so I could put down more plates. Yeah, City Cafe, for those that don't know, is a um, breakfast spot where if you spent $5, you would eat like two kings. So we all decided to spend $10 a piece. So we had two tables worth of food. Uh, I do believe after we were done, the lady said, I've never seen people eat as much food as you all did. Yes, so we have that, you know, we can rest on our laurels with that. You know, we, we impressed her. She had never seen that much ordered before. Or po- eaten. Portion control in America, non-existent. We just knock it down. Yeah, it, it really, sh- I mean, the amount of excess that we have that we take for, like, not only take for granted, but take as, like, commonplace. Like, like this this is good. This is normal, you know, and in other places would just be shocked. Just the way you guys are talking about it, you celebrate the fact that you can eat excessive amounts of food, whereas there, from the sounds of it, they collectively eat from the same meal. So if you're taking excessive amounts of food, you're taking from somebody else. So for them, probably I would assume, like I'm projecting here, but it's probably a cultural, like, I can't believe you ate that when there's all these other people here that could have eaten it. It's kind of like eating the last slice of pizza, right? Yeah, you don't want to be like that guy. So, I guess after that whole experience, like any of these, any of what you saw or learned or felt, did, I mean, did you bring that back with you? Did it fundamentally change who you are in some profound way? It gave me a very enlightened perspective on the freedoms that we have in America and just there's a lot of chatter nowadays about how America isn't, isn't, you know, is great. And there's all these things wrong with America and people are so unhappy. Well, try going to Saudi Arabia where they actually don't have freedoms, where the police can do literally whatever they want. And there's nothing you can do about it. And if you don't have the right family name or if you don't have, as one local put it to me, money is king. Money is strength. If you have money, you can do whatever you want. You can pay off the cops. You can get the, the best house. You can get you know whatever you want if you have enough money. But they don't have freedom. You know, the, the internet's heavily monitored. You, you have to use a VPN just to view a lot of websites because it's so restricted by the, the systems that they have in place. And then I come back to America, and it's just like a breath of fresh air for all the freedoms that I took for granted. So I, it, it definitely made me better as a person. What's it been like getting back to your routine? I mean, I know you're really heavy into to weightlifting. I don't know if you got to do much of that over there, but since you've been back, I mean, what, what's that been like trying to reestablish what you were already doing? Because I'm assuming you're back here now for good. You're not planning on going back for a while. Spoiler alert, I'm going back. Okay. <laughs> so the six-month bit, that was a one-off. That was, I had very sp- specific goals that I wanted to accomplish. And the fastest route to accomplish those goals was 
to work six months straight. So I, I set out and I accomplished what I wanted. Now my regular schedule will take place where it's going to be essentially one month on, one month off. One month and there and then one month back? Exactly. So there's a, a balance of work to you know, quality of life back at home. Getting back into my routine though has been, it's been hard because, well, right out the gate. So I had about 20 hours of flights and the jet lag is real. And then the next morning I got my first shot of vaccine since I've been, I've been over there this whole time. I haven't had a chance to get the vaccine. So I was able to get the, the first shot done. So that kind of made me all loopy as well as being jet lagged and just, you know, trying to deal with not working anymore after six months, you know, decompress and fall back into, as you put it, my, my routine. And it's been, it's been pretty hard. So I guess the new routine is going to be, or the routine is now going to be developing a new routine, doing this 30 on and 30 off kind of thing. I'm sure that <clears throat> there was some mental toughness came into play working for so long, for so many days. Even I, I know you weren't working every single day, but like just being over there for so long, knowing you know, you've, got, you've got not just days, but months before you get to come back. Um, so I'm sure that mental toughness played a part in that as well no that that came in the form of reading it came in the form of the the small all-in-one gym that they had so I, I was able to do some impromptu weightlifting to a degree do they do they have any culture of like gyms weightlifting like like we do here a growing minority is probably the best way I can put it. So weightlifting isn't really a huge, a huge thing over there, but there's a, a growing populace that loves it. And uh, so a little something about me, I love doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, and I was actually hoping to do that when I got over there because I found out that I think it was 40, 40 years ago maybe 30 years ago, one of the princes fell in love with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You wouldn't expect that, but he absolutely loved it. As this, this martial art, I want my people to learn it. So he invited these, these masters of the art over into his country to sort of set up these different um, fighting gyms and there's I probably saw one or two different uh, fighting gyms Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gyms in the different cities that I that I would pass through or visit I never had the opportunity to go because the coronavirus lockdown is very much real over in Saudi but um, maybe down the road, I'll have that opportunity, but yeah, that was just something cool. I, I sort of stumbled upon. That's awesome. 
So what would you say overall in your experience was your biggest takeaway? Overall, my experience was enlightening, very enlightening. Um, It's always good to have multiple perspectives. And my personal opinion, anyhow, is having more perspectives you have in life, the the more well-rounded a person you become. You know, you're able to speak from different angles on on viewpoints. You know, your your experiences allow you to have a more informed opinion, where you're able to say, "Well, all right, like you have this this very headstrong black and white opinion about this group of people or this particular topic. Maybe play devil's advocate." and step on the other side of the fence and, and sort of argue the other side where, you know, maybe you don't know what that person or that situation is, is going through and you're able to actually sort of weigh in and you're, you're able to weigh in on that in a, in a, in a way that you wouldn't think was really possible before. That's awesome, man. It's been a, a great episode here. Um, I think there's some enlightening stuff in there. Anybody else got any questions for Christian about his experience? Uh, I think we touched on a lot. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, he could probably talk for hours about, you know, different things that you've seen over there. But, I mean, that's that's really interesting. It's cool to to get that perspective. Like you said, you know, you, you don't know unless unless sometimes you put yourself in the other person's shoes or, or go in other situations. That's awesome to be able to go over there and have those experiences yeah well we we hope you come back and and share some new experiences with us as you journey through saudi arabia over the next several months back and forth i'm sure that'll be a fun little expedition and uh we appreciate everybody joining us this week on the daily dose for another episode and uh we'll see you next week oh thanks for having me ryan thank you man Colder than December, I'ma bring the fire out. If you wanna enter, homie, this is my house. Life a roller coaster, just enjoy the ride now. Every day I'm closer, daily doses right now.